This is Lieutenant Sulu of the Starship Enterprise, standing by on the bridge with the Christmas song. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. By God, why the fuck are we doing this? I still can't believe that I agreed to doing this. I can't believe that I actually talked about this on the show, but here we are. On the first day of Christmas, my true love did indeed give to me Star Trek Lower Decks Season 1, Episode 1. Episode is called Second Contact. Well... We've made it, guys, and for the next 12 days, we're going to be podcasting in some shape, way, or form. How do you feel, Tyler? Uh, It happened. It happened. We're here. We have to talk about anti-Semitism, which I didn't expect to have to talk to about again on this show, but we're here now. We're here now. Bill, how do you feel? If our true love gave to thee the show, I really question a true love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Can we get a return? Did they get a gift receipt? (laughs) Like, instantly after we all agree that this is, like, what we're going to do, then everything... Oh, look, Big Mouth has a new season out. There's so many things that we could review that are much more intelligent and juvenile while having substance. But we got lower decks. I got... I have two things I want to throw in at the top before we start. Yep. Three things, actually, that I think it's important for us to talk about and have in the back of our mind going forward. The first is that one of the lead writers in this show is Mike McMahon, who is from Rick and Morty. Um, he's worked on other IP tie-ins, but he is also actively in the Rick and Morty writer's room. So there's going to be a bunch of jokes that we're going to see that we're going to say this feels like Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, Secondly, is that it's worth remembering this show is officially all canon. Um, They've hired two people, including an author who did a bunch of the tie-in stuff, to be in charge of ensuring this is all canonical. So, this is all canonical now. Yep. This is apparently wow. a direct um, in, the, in the canon, and we see this in later episodes. It's happening at the same time as The Next Generation, which happens at the same time as Voyager and Deep Space Nine. Roughly. So, it is Rough, officially, yeah. it starts after the movie Nemesis. Yeah. Mm. Yes. That was the last point I wanted to make, was it's in that era. Kind of. Yeah. Let's get into the first fucking episode. Well, before I'll, we I do will that, say this let's talk, on the intro. Let's okay. talk a little broader Star Trek. We don't talk a lot about Star Trek on the show. Um, yeah. I'm a, I am a Star Trek fan. I like Star Trek. Same I've here. watched 
almost all the shows, all the series. I watched Picard. I watched Discovery. I left this out just because at the time I had other stuff to do. So that's one of the my motivations for us talking about this show. Um, you know, I'm, I want people to know this. I am a Star Trek fan. This type of comedy, this type of show, these types of shows, they're just not for me. I don't find them funny. The, you know, you can hide them under the shroud of intelligence, but it's very lowbrow comedy. It's not, it's not smart. It's really not smart comedy. And this is my issue with Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty is one of the most unintelligent, stupid Neanderthal shows I've ever seen. And the fact that anyone can actually say, oh, it's not for you because you're not smart enough to understand the jokes. Fuck you, sit oh, down. Oh, yeah, that's... It's just, no. It's just it's a stupid show, shroud in bullshit. Well, it's 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 pseudo intelligent, right? It yeah. does do some very some very basic toying with themes of nihilism. It talks about suicide, but I'm not I'm not saying that to give it credit. Like it it, I would argue Rick and Morty is better than this. <laughs> wow, I don't know about that. I would, I would a hundred percent, and I will in fact go further to argue not only is this not for me, this being canonical makes Star Trek worse. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. We're going to talk more about that as the it... season progresses. Um, I do enjoy some of the middle episodes a lot more. Um, you know, basically when they try to lay off of the stupid humor, I enjoy the show-ish. When the stupid stuff starts compounding itself and shrouds itself, uh, not shrouds up, but overcomes itself with stupidity, that's when I need to just turn off and take a break. And I got to admit, like, I took many breaks watching every episode sometimes because it's it was too much for me. Um, so what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that I'm a Star Trek fan. I'm not shitting this because it's Star Trek. I'm shitting on it because it's not a good entry into Star Trek lure. Tyler, you mentioned that you're a fan also. Yeah, I this show actually got me to rewatch Deep Space Nine to be like, remember what good Star Trek is? And even Deep Space Nine, it has a rocky... The first three episodes are a little yeah. bit rocky. I mean, TNG had the first three episodes rocky. I mean, I, I didn't care for Enterprise, broadly speaking. But, yeah, like, I'm watching DS9, and watching DS9 and watching Picard not too long ago, I, I think one of the things we're going to keep butting up against is that the central thesis of Lower Decks is at odds with the central thesis of the rest of Star Trek. Yeah. And you like, know what the worst the part is? Thesis... So Lower Decks was based on an episode of The Next Generation where we took yeah. and saw things from other people in the crew. Something that we always have to remember in Star in Star Trek, it's similar to Star Wars, in the sense that we get a very small scope of what we've seen. There's a much bigger world. So... In this episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, we saw stuff from other people in the crew's point of view. That was the inspiration for this show. But I find that this show didn't do a good job of capturing that. They went to the lowest um, like the lowest possible denominator. It was just not a good... It's not good. It's just not good. I don't buy it. You want a great quote for us about this of show? From of course. Mike McMahon from the writing team? His explicit goal was to make a show... That was more adult than Rick and Morty. Ugh. I'm not even going to put a ah. response to that. Ah. Phil, but yeah, everyone I... knows you as a Star Wars guy. You host Mando Monday for the most part. 
No, you've never talked about Star Trek outside of the fact that you admitted last week or the week before or the week before that that you have gone to a Star Trek convention and not any Star Wars celebrations or anything like that. What's mm -hmm. your background in history with Star Trek? Uh, you know, TNG, um, Deep Space Nine. Uh, I dabbled in most of the other properties or have watched them in background viewings. I've watched a little bit of Discovery. I've watched Picard. Uh, those types of things. I'm not huge into the Star Trek universe, but I'm. I find that it's pretty accessible. I've yep. always enjoyed it. You know, there, there's there's a lot of things that they do in Star Trek that is very appealing, and I like that it's different than Star Wars. I like its take on the universe and the diplomatic side of things, and just the attitude of Starfleet and things like that. I find all that is just refreshing sometimes, and also it kind of pigeonholes it sometimes too yeah all right uh, yeah i mean go ahead tyler i was gonna say star trek is inherently about striving for utopianism mm -hmm. and whether you achieve it or not depends on the seasons but it's about like how good humanity can be yeah it's a nice nice thing to, to fall back on you know what i mean like it Feeling down about stuff? You watch an episode of Star Trek, you see some struggle, but you see ultimately the best of people. Right? Yeah, it's and a good like thing. some of the best episodes are about ideas in a way that, like, Measure of a Man is one of the best episodes. Mm -hmm. just, just like a series of discussions. Yeah. I, 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 I found that this show, I know you guys are very critical of it and its humor. I, I'm the humor falls flat for me. I'll, I can say that up front. Um, I did enjoy certain things like the theme song, the opening credits, stuff like that. I found was very on point with a lot of Star Trek, even with the humor. But I, as a casual Star Trek fan, I'm not going to proclaim that I'm some kind of Trekkie, but as a casual Star Trek fan, it's got access points. Sure. It, it, it does. It doesn't, offend me but Tyler and I were talking about this off air I do find that when I'm watching the show I'm thinking about what I could be otherwise doing <laughs> yep exactly I, I I I tried to watch five episodes last night and I got three in and I'm like I'd, I'd rather go take a hammer to my foot right now <laughs> it's just yeah and and the titles of the shows the concepts are all attractive they're yeah. all uniquely weird and like, offer me, some humor. Yeah, you're right. Like, the first couple episodes for me were a, lot, a huge struggle. As the season went on, I opened up a little more. Maybe I just gave in. Maybe I just gave up. I don't know. I don't know what it was. But, you know, things were landing a little better. The jokes were still not for me, but I accepted the show and its existence to a certain extent. But I do think that Tyler brings up the best point, and he says that Star Trek is worse off as a product because of this show. So, guys, mm -hmm. let's get into it. Season 1, episode number 1, Second Contact, original air date, August 6th, 2020, written by Micah Mahan, directed by Barry J. Kelly. So the star date is 
and we kick it off with Ensign Brad Boimler. Boimler. He's recording a log, pretending to be a captain, and he's caught by resident rule breaker Ensign Beckett Mariner. Mariner at this point makes fun of him, you know, so we establish the fact that they are not a part of the main crew. We get established the fact that, you know, they're on the USS Cerritos, where their mission is to complete not first contact, but second contact with new species. Um, at this point, Ensign Devana Tendi joins the crew. She's super excited to enter the big leagues as she's just a new recruit from Starfleet Academy. So she's very Star Trek at this point. Um, Tendi's orientation mentor is Boimler, and he's, you know, he's very by the book. Um, he's kind of the keener of the group. So we kind of get the setting here in this opening few scenes that, you know, we're not looking at the bridge crew. We're looking at, well, the lower decks. So that's that's mm. kind of the setup. Tyler, how do you feel so far? I came up with alternate titles for every episode, and my alternate title for this episode is Hey guys, did you want you know I watched Rick and Morty? Cuz this entire setup is oh, the one of them follows all the rules and the one of them doesn't. Yeah. And this is what I'm talking about is it treats Star Trek as though and we see it more in the next episodes as well, but like it's about how what if rules were dumb and like yeah. Star Trek is regularly about the limitations of rules. <laughs> That's what it's about. Yep. And in a few episodes, episode, uh, they make fun of that directly. But what yep. if, like, God damn it. I just, uh, yep. all right, we'll move like, on. They act so... like, they act like rules are never broken. When it's like that's every episode, every episode. Yeah, is exactly. That, that's exactly that is a central theme in this season, um, in this show so far. So Mariner's rule breaking hasn't gone unnoticed by the head of the ship. Captain Carol Freeman tasks Boimler with spying on Mariner and to report any indiscretions on the latter's part. Boimler has an eye of the captain chair, and so he's trying to be a, like I mentioned, he's a keener at this point. So he's up for the task. All right, it's at this point the Cerritos arrives at the homeworld of the. Gellardunians. Um, it's new people. They've began engaging, and now they've started the second contact procedures. The ship's mission is to ensure all the paperwork is in order for the new species to join the Federation, but also setting up a universal translator so that the Federation can communicate with their new entrants. So I kind of like that in the fact that, okay, you know, they are following some of the procedural, they are following some of the Star Trek lure, and we don't really see this part of um you yeah. know of, of the show so it was good in the sense of okay we're getting this second contact stuff see that hey they do have to set up the the universal translators there is paperwork to do there is stuff to make sure that they're good for the federation so on that point alone this was okay yeah i well, agree it's, it's an interesting idea mm-hmm. i thought so i i i thought that we were Aside from the opening bit being a little bit funny, but it's introducing characters. So I get that they're trying to create some tension and establish the parameters of the friendship going forward. So I, I get what they're doing, and I liked, I found that it was appealing, the whole idea of second contact. I renamed the episode, too. I called it <laughs> Zombie Puke. Zombie Puke. I made a note, and I'm like, Zombie Puke. Because, yeah. Yep. Yeah, what happens? 
All right, yeah. so the Commander Jack Ransom was down. He greets the Galardornians. He's bitten by a native insect when he gets transported back to the ship, the Suratos. Um, the transporters don't pick up this uh, anomalous biological entity. That took me a while to write, even longer to actually say. So there could be an issue with the transporter's filtration system, or something was malfunctioning, or they just didn't have the log for this new species in the transponders. Transporters. Uh, yeah, it's Star Trek. Something went yeah, wrong. Sure. Something went wrong. Again. Sure. Yeah. So Ransom wanders around the ship before the infection takes hold in the bar, turning him into a full-on zombie. Ransom goes on a biting spree, leading everyone in the bar becoming infected. Utter mayhem and chaos ensue. Meanwhile, in the bar, Ensign Sam Rutherford, a new cyborg, is on his first date with uh, fetching Ensign Barnes. Everything's going swimmingly before Ransom's outbreak. Rutherford and Barnes are unflappable. They keep cool heads and continue chatting about their interests, all while stunning the rabid comrades. Tyler, I feel like you have something to say about this. Yeah, so there's two parts. The first bit is, is Ransom is our Riker for the season. Yeah. And honestly, I know barely any of their names because it's just like, oh, this is making fun of Riker. Mm-hmm. And this is where you start to see the, the problems between what this actually entails for the rest of Star Trek. Is that just like, if, if, if senior command is just this shitty to people, that implies that like the Federation is just shitty. Mm-hmm. Like it just it implies that it's 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 not this greater hope. It's just lazy bureaucratic nonsense for no reason. Yeah. And we start to undermine our own mission. The the bit of our our Jordy LaForge character, who is literally pitched in the documents that the writers write about as Jordy LaForge, but not as good because he's not as experienced yet. They is... didn't make that joke. That joke was made. Like yeah. it's like, hey, you have an implant yeah. like LaForge. Oh yeah, I do. Oh, what a what a, what an amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's a decent bit of like they're so used to this stuff that it's just fine. I mean, that being said, in a later episode we undo all of this. So honestly, this show isn't even canonical with itself. I don't know how it fits into canon when it's it's so inconsistent. Yeah. I feel like they've said it's in canon just for the sake of saying it is. In my mind, it's not, but whatever, here we are. Um, I all think right, they're, so just they're as... trying to create that controversy, right? Like, they're uh, trying to challenge Star Trek fans. Uh, in but... a way, they say it's canon. There's going to be a whole lot of Star Trek fans that would probably skip this that are going to go watch it and then go, yeah. oh, I hate it. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Did... Was the Lego holiday special in canon for Star Wars? No. no. <laughs> what, what, same thing in my opinion it's the same Lego thing. never counts yeah well the Lego specifically never counts Yep. they may right. try to adhere to canon on some points of Lego yeah that's but... different adhering to canon does not mean it's in canon yeah like, exactly fan fiction tries to adhere to canon at times but does not make it canonical right it is right, true we're going to move on. All right, so just as it seems like these two may be a perfect match, 
Um, Rutherford discovers that the red alert system has blocked Combridge entry to the elevators. He's more interested in fixing that than engaging with his date. So that's the end of that. Meanwhile, Tendi reports to the medical bay, which is overrun by patients. Dr. Tana curtly directs her to manually pump the heart of a fellow crewman while she subdues more crew members. Um, and at this point, it's like, oh, how will the Cerritos survive? It is Star Trek. Everything's going to shit. And I guess this is where yeah. we enter Act 3. Help is on the way, but it doesn't know it yet. On the Galardonian planet, Boimler spots Mariner trading Federation technology with the locals. And this is a clear violation of the Prime Directive, which prohibits the exchange of technology with aliens. Boimler is convinced Mariner is giving the Galardonians weapons and confronts her. In fact, Mariner is tired of bureaucracy without farming supplies, and she's sneaking some to them. Uh, the locals make a run for it, leaving a giant spider to chase Mariner and Boimler. Spider proceeds to swallow, swallow Boimler. Once it's tired and asleep, Boimler and Mariner return to the ship. He just casually leaves the spider's mouth. They did a whole bit there. It just didn't land for me. At this point, Dr. Tana runs a quick scan of Boimler and discovers that the slime he's covered in could be the cure. And voila, Boimler unknowingly saves the day. Honestly, there's a cute interplay in that. The one thing, the only redeeming thing out of it that I took was the fact that the, I don't even know their names, Boimler, I guess, but the, the girl that he's opposite of, she reveals that she was on the first crew that made contact a year ago. Yeah. And the, the, it alludes to her having a much deeper backstory than what we think as they're all ensigns. And really she's like oh no i was here and i knew that these farmers were having this problem so i'm doing this and then she could talk to the farmer and she's like so that spider like what's it gonna do to him and he's like oh it doesn't have teeth it's just gonna gum him yeah. you know what i mean and then she's like okay so there's no urgency no one's gonna get hurt here this is actually you know it's just gonna mess with them yeah. there was some stuff that was okay for me it, it, it was silly it was stupid did i like it not particularly but it did it did have it tried to give legs to certain events and of course it's going to be convenient storytelling of course that slime's going to be the antidote for the zombie outbreak of Wait, course I don't have a problem with that i don't have a problem with that at all my yeah. problem is more along the lines of stuff of like the fact that the federation does not care about starving people who are joining the federation implies mm -hmm. that again it's a bunch of dick wagging that doesn't do anything which then like it, it it takes this entire idea behind the Federation in Star Trek and just starts to like, you're crumbling it for the sake of a joke. Mm -hmm. or, like, I don't know. It's just, it's this whole sense of, of, Oh yeah, they don't care about starving people. And it's like, well then the Federation is not the good guys. Yeah. And I think that's trying right? what they're trying to play with. I think, and they're doing this wrong because the Feder the whole point of the Federation, the whole point of the Earth at this point is that everyone's in peace. The Federation yeah. is at large taking over and everyone is at peace. I feel like this show is trying to add some like grayness to the Federation. Um, and you can make arguments that that's the case. You can make arguments that that's where the world is. You know, the Federation isn't as perfect as we all think. In Picard, we're kind of seeing this. But, you know, I feel like they're really trying to make a lot of, you know, in-canon changes to what the Federation is yeah. and how it should be perceived. Well, yeah, I mean, the the issue also is that the suggestions they make here are not the same criticisms that Picard levies. 
it's like Ricard levies that they are legitimately concerned. Yes. It's isolation. It's broad trends and forces. And this asserts that a bunch of these captains are just a bunch of dick wagging assholes. Yeah. But it also like the, the meta that's going on here from the three episodes that I've seen so far is that we're telling the story of the lower decks people, which is trying to get a relationship with middle class or working class people, right? Where they're saying, oh, look at the bridge crew. Oh, they, they, they remark about Captain Kirk. They remark about all of these people, like they're, they're infallible people. And they're like, oh, we do all the dirty work. We, we make the Federation run. Sure from our side and that's con like that's a constant in this show right and they're trying to show that angle of it like we're in the tubes we're doing the work to keep this ship uh, and and we're doing the ugly jobs that nobody really thinks about second contact so you know what i mean here's here's my counterpoint to that is the the federal the humanity during star trek is a post need society and it is canon that no one works unless they want to mm -hmm. like you yeah. have you have no need to work there's no, and it also like they have stuff of like it's implied that the bridge gets a better replicator stuff just because fuck you to the to the lower decks, mm -hmm. which is it's not even like oh you're rationed of you only like each person only gets so many whatever which we've talked about before just no just we don't let you have gnocchi because fuck you, yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the thing you know they're adding class now to the world and the Federation. And that's something that no one's ever done. And that's not what the Federation is at the core of it. You know, and we can have this debate whether how gray and how perfect is the Federation actually. But, you know, I think that they're making a lot of, um, I guess, clear choices to their narrative that really question Star Trek at its core. I mean, this feels to me like we have to, Superman has to murder a guy. But yes. that implies to me you don't understand Superman. Yeah. To some mm -hmm. extent, I agree with that. Yeah. All right. So it, it, It's trying to draw that parallel to get the audience to relate to it. Because yeah. we all feel that there's this different class of people up there. We all feel that, oh, well, I'm doing my, my job and it's not glamorous. But I'm, I'm a cog in the wheel and I'm going to have my fun, right? Like even, even with the opening scene the girl's drinking the whiskey that's banned. You know what I mean? The Romulan yeah. ale or whatever it is. Yeah. And she's just getting hammered off that shit, right? Yeah, which yeah. the Romulan ale was the wrong color, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, I know. There's All right. It so goes everywhere. At the very end, Dr. Tana gets the credit from Captain Freeman in her log while Boimler's forgotten. His faith in the officers are shaken, but at the end of the day, he doesn't rat out Mariner to the captain, so happiness ensues. And that so, is episode well, one. We have a big Dance. reveal at that point. That yeah. Mariner is the daughter of the captain, and the father is an admiral in the yep, in, yep. The, in Starfleet. So yep. again, we're now introducing rampant nepotism. <laughs> we're introducing, and the other side being that, like, I mean, again, Mariner is just. Well, I just want to do an Archer character, and it becomes even worse in the next episode. Yeah, but it's it's like. <laughs> like wait, wait, it's like having one of your your officers on a military vessel just showing up hand all the time and like okay you watched Rick and Morty good for you yeah alright guys that's the episode overall impressions Tyler 
hate this show so much. <laughs> Phil? Uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, always the first shows in, in these types of endeavors are a little bit shaky unless they're really thought about. And I think they're throwing a lot of stuff at the wall with this show and seeing what sticks. All right. I will say that, that Phil's take is correct. They are trying to do that. But like, but Star Trek is a show about a post-class society. Yeah. Well, I, I just think that there's a lot of material in the Star Trek universe that they could have thought about this a little more than sure. throwing this episode out there. Like, like, or this concept. Like, I get the, uh, the desire... I just don't think it was done with any responsibility to Star Trek. Jen, yeah. so much better if you were somewhere like, I just can't. Yep, exactly. All right, guys. Well, that is episode one. Phil, how about you tell people how they can get a hold of us? Well, you can talk to Santa Claus and just say, hey, get Boris, Tyler, and Phil this message or you can go to www.itscanonpodcast.com you can go to instagram twitter and facebook at it's canon podcast you can email us at show at it's canon you can subscribe via you know apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher amazon santa's butt i don't know wherever you find podcasts you're gonna find the it's canon podcast show if you like what you hear please click on the subscribe button and uh, leave us a rate and review Awesome. Thank you so much, Phil. All right. That is day one of our 12 days of Christmas. That's all we got. Good.